Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah, sorry about that. All right, now. Hand over your license and registration. Your registration. Hurry up, now. <laughs> There's something funny here, boy? No. Well, then why are you laughing, Mr. Larry Johnson? All right, now, where were we? I'm sorry, are you saying meow? Am I saying meow? I, I, th- I thought you... Don't think, boy, meow. Do you know how fast you were going? <laughs> now, what is so damn funny? I could have swore you said meow. Do I look like a cat to you, boy? <laughs> Am I jumping around all nimbly bimbly from tree to tree? No, no. <laughs> Am I drinking milk from a saucer? <laughs> no. Well, do you see me eating mice? <laughs> You stop laughing right now. Yes. Now, I'm going to have to give you a ticket on this. But... No buts, meow. That's the law. Not so funny meow, is it? Meow. Welcome to the Mazzard Cast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to a special Dog Days of Summer Mazzadcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. With me, as always, is the uh, team doctor for the St. Louis Rams, Colin Anthony. Thanks for having me. And head coach for the Evergreen State Gooey Ducks, Brian Goers. Great to be here right now. (laughs) (laughs) So, as I mentioned, it is, uh, you know, June something or other, and um, not a ton of Mizzou football, not a ton of any sports information going on right now, other than the Triple Crown race was today. I, I mean, there was a Triple Crown winner. <laughs> Which means nothing to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, and most of the country goes, hmm? Yeah, yippee. dog racing? Does that mean he has the most RBIs, the highest batting average, and the most home runs in one season? <laughs> that's, that's right. That's impressive for a horse. American yeah. Pharaoh is essentially <laughs> Ted Williams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is weird because the last Triple Crown winner, I guess, was 1978. And so this is a huge deal. It was practically almost 40 years ago, but I couldn't even be bothered. I knew it was like close to 6 p.m., and by the time... I got around to looking at the TV schedule. It had already been run, and Twitter said there was a Triple Crown winner. I just didn't care enough to even... You know who else doesn't care? America. <laughs> Despite what, what you know, maybe the yes, sportscasters yeah. would want you to believe, and really nobody gives a shit. Well, and it, we were talking a little bit before the show about how um, it is much like boxing with the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. That was the only boxing event of the entire year that anyone did or will ever care about. So and, what I'll watch in the next five years. And it was a letdown. And, but this is the same thing with horse racing. They used to be, you know, back in the back in the days of gangsters and such, um, <laughs> boxing and, and horse racing were the biggest deals in America. Yes, sir, it was a capital race. <laughs> yes, siree. <laughs> um, but, but now nobody gives a shit, and, and it's an event sport. You know, it's just yeah. like... One or two times a year, if that, people will care. And that's why I'd rather talk about uh, Mizzou's off season, which is 
essentially non-existent than horse racing. <laughs> You'd rather talk about things that aren't happening <laughs> exactly than, than the biggest event in 38 years in horse racing. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, no, I'm I'm not disputing that idea. We're not going to argue over this. <laughs> it's awful. It just goes to show how much more important football is to the American Absolutely. football. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about what, what's been going on since we, was it Memorial Day the last time we put on a show. You sure, sure. Um, I, I think the big news in Mizzou football world probably is the dismissal maybe of Bud Sasser, who was drafted in the sixth round by the St. Louis Rams, mm-hmm. uh, dismissed with a heart condition or a pre-existing heart condition. Yeah, apparently um, he didn't have domestic violence in his heart and therefore was not suited for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Is there a test for that? <laughs> The he had, they put him in a room with a woman who got smart mouthed, <laughs> and he didn't smack her. He didn't bounce her off the walls. So, I'm pretty sure there's a question on that with the Wurlick test, you know, for the, <laughs> yeah, the, the Wunderlich test. Yeah. 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 yeah, a woman lips off. What do you do? A, tell her to be quiet. B, listen to listen her to intent. her intently. Or C, bounce her off the walls. <laughs> and he did not answer C. Unfortunately for him, so. You really feel like they should have known that before they drafted him. That's what I was wondering about. I mean, if it was a pre-existing condition. Where uh, he didn't want to hit women. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it was as well. But, I mean. Well, he didn't go to the Combine. He wasn't good enough to be invited to the Combine, which would do all the medical tests. So it was they. that's kind of the risk you run with undrafted free agents is they are kind of an unknown commodity. Well, I saw Jeff Fisher had said that, you know, normally they contact the the university where they played and and it fell through the cracks with him. And I'm like, how many draft picks do you guys have? By my count, seven. Or, you know, I I don't know how many of the Rams picked, but, like, how could they have not? (laughs) It's not like they're not going to have that number. I'm not sure how all the economics mm. work, but I think he may make more being cut for medical reasons, like having a medical, uh, they, they, you know, the, an injury settlement or medical settlement or whatever, than he would have if he just made it three weeks into camp and got cut. Yeah, so, that's that, under the assumption that he wouldn't be. Cut, well, be I mean, cut. he's going to be cut. I mean, it's yeah. just there's just no room for a for a undrafted wide receiver. I mean, he would have had to do something special. I mean, the the, the best of a Bud Sasser could have hoped for is that he proved to be a good gunner on special teams and maybe made the roster, well, in I'll my be, opinion. I'll be honest. I was a little surprised he got drafted in the first place. I mean. I think Bud Sasser was surprised. Mm-hmm. But uh, so anyway, he will be missed from the uh, from the Rams, I guess. But, uh, you know, he's still got that defective heart i saw on twitter he was very gracious about it like hey don't shed any tears for me so on so forth i've got life on a string and uh, what else is he gonna say i don't know fuck the rams and health insurance i'd like it more if he said that it's more interesting yeah he's got (laughs) health insurance uh so i mean that's a thing that happened and uh, to a player who's not even on our fucking team anymore great um but uh, things are looking up yeah. Uh, Lucas Vincent also got cut by the Titans. I did see that as well, yeah. They had a, they had also a had a gracious get, tweet to yeah. say, go best of luck, blah, blah, blah. One of their blah, tight ends blah. got injured early on in camp, so they signed a tight end and released uh, Vincent, Vincent to make room. Yeah. So, yeah. Zura. <laughs> uh, so, there, you know, there's a couple former Tigers who are not going to be playing on Sunday, but... Brian, you were mentioning before the show that there's a we, we had a new signee for uh, 2016, I guess. A local fella. Yeah, we got uh, Trey Williams is verbally committed to Mizzou. He's a Rockbridge High School student and a pretty good four-star defensive end. Um, he was looking at some other surrounding states, had some offers from like TCU and Nebraska and Iowa State, um, Arizona State, but... 
verbally committed at least to come to Mizzou. So that's a good sign that you know the Tigers are able to hold the local talent, hold the state talent here. Another defensive lineman. I was going to say, given the success we've had at the defensive end position, I'd be shocked if we couldn't keep a Columbia yeah. boy. Although oftentimes they do say those guys like they'd want to get out of town. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I think if it would have been. You know, if I had been recruited at anything when I was in high school, I'd you were been, not. No, no, I was not. But uh, you I were was as bad surprising. athletically as you were academically, and that was that's cool. not true. <laughs> I was really bad academically. The um, I was just a little he bit could, bad in athletically. He could throw a baseball, yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't go very far, but he could throw. I a was not so good at the maths. Yeah, yeah, it was spelling, spellings, spellings, really your poor suit. <laughs> but um, anyway, I, I can see the appeal of you know wanting to get miles away from my parents and everyone who knew me and just, yeah. you know. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But it is one thing that, that Pinkle has done a really good job at when he came here is you, Mizzou used to lose all the Missouri guys, right? Mm-hmm. If you were a good Missouri We couldn't keep any athlete, of the St. Louis folks. You'd be gone. I mean, it, basketball is the same way right now, right? If you're a great high school basketball player in St. Louis, you don't, you don't go to Mizzou. That, that's not the case for football. I anymore. certainly wouldn't. Pinkle is, has really changed that tone and been – Mizzou's the first place you look if you're a, a Missouri high school student. Don't you think if you're a Columbia kid that you're – you also have to consider all the trim you're going to get in college. Obviously, sure, I mean sure. that's a that's a given. And uh, hot wet trim. And if you're a star football player in high school, you probably sampled some of the goods already in this environment in the six five two hundred one, two hundred two, two hundred three region. And uh, you 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 be a little curious on what other states have to offer in that department. So uh, I certainly would. <laughs> I think you are. Mm. Um, but anyway, I mean, I don't know how much of a factor. Um, women play into the college football decision making? A much bigger part than anyone would want to admit, I'm sure. <laughs> well, what is it? Was it Colorado that got in trouble a number of years ago because they were recruits? They were like literally just, hey, come hang out with these sororities over hey, here. If I learned anything visits. from watching the movie The Program, <laughs> it's, it's that women play a large portion in recruiting. Hey, you know, speaking of the program, it's interesting you said that. We got a tweet from one of our um, many, many, many legions of fan. Uh, they are many, believe us. <laughs> don't don't check that, but they are many. I'm trying to pull it up because oh yeah, so um, don't a guy, fact check anything on no, this show. A no. guy on Twitter who goes by uh, the handle at Worldwide Tech sent us at Mazadcast. Fun fact: Dwayne Davis 
a.k.a. Alvin Mack, from the program, played football at Mizzou. I wish he had played as well as Alvin Mack. I double-checked <laughs> that little factoid, and he is absolutely correct. That, uh, it's, it's weird that you brought up the program because uh, we have a Mizzou connection to it's that. It's basically my that, top basis of knowledge for college football. So. <laughs> I was going to say, well, I'm going to reference it at some point. It's one of the finest films ever, ever put made. on celluloid. So. Yeah, sure. <laughs> More of a Rudy Rudy guy myself. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's how I learned to play. Well, we got the Dan Devine connection with Rudy, so yeah. really Mizzou football has it all over the place. <laughs> Rudy was offsides. We also had the Fred and... <laughs> Rudy was offsides. I've seen the video. <laughs> yeah, I saw the tape. He's got a, he, he had a snappy leg, and he just jumped. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> oh, fuck it. I was going to say we're off topic, but what does it even matter? <laughs> <laughs> Do we ever have a topic it's that like, would be on no. at this point? <laughs> It doesn't matter. It's June 6th right now. So uh, who I did cares? see on Twitter that uh, Drew Locke got his uh, official Mizzou student ID. He was uh, holding it proudly. What a good little lad. Yeah. he. I, it's never occurred to me more how old I am uh, when I look at a picture of Drew Locke. I mean, he really looks like... You know, a, a sturdier version of Justin Bieber, and it's like, good lord, this he kid makes is a just, child. He look, he makes Justin Bieber look old. Yeah, he I does. mean, he really does. He's got that beautiful feathered hair. He does. He's uh, immaculate. But I, and I know this is another sidebar, but as I mentioned before, who cares? Um, one of the things that I know makes me old is how much I obsess and hate the flat brim caps that uh, the Drew Lock generation wears. You know, the baseball caps where they like oh, basically yeah. have like yeah. iron flat yeah. filled sure. caps. And I know it, that your son wears one, Colin. Yes, he does. And it, it, it makes me want to well, disown him as a you well, you know, Hey, Brennan, mm-hmm. my son's living the thug life. <laughs> he really <laughs> he is. is. He's living the thug life. and uh, All 48 pounds of it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, that's kind of comes with the territory. But, I mean, it, it is like a stepping stone in my life, my one step closer to death for me. That, like, you I'm hate flat to, bill caps? Well, just that I have one of those, I'm an old man, oh, the kids today. Think. Get off my grass! Yeah. And for me, it absolutely is those caps. I'm like, it looks stupid. What world could you live in where you think that looks normal? I don't know. You know what the big fad was when I was in high school is people were putting, like, everybody was feathering their hair with blonde. Oh, Do you yeah, remember that? Yeah, frosted, you remember that? Frosted, frosted tips. Frosted tips. It was uh, the... <laughs> Boys to, uh, oh, what are those fucking boy bands, you know? In sync. Uh, yeah, there you go. I'm, it was What are you talking age. about, my favorite band? <laughs> <laughs> and I look back, and I remember I did that. Oh, good sure, God. Yeah, yeah, sure it did. Sure it did. Zodcast confession. <laughs> yeah. I knew it was the quickest way to some poontang. <laughs> <laughs> some sweet 90s poontang. Yeah, it was. Some late 90s poontang. So, um, and I remember how disappointed my father was with it. Next, we love to crash test dummies. Yeah, I can't, I can't uh, help but feel like... Uh, your father? You, my father? Your father. Uh, uh, how how you've become father, our right? father mm-hmm. by hating flat built caps. I didn't know that he had a version of Frosted Tips. No. <laughs> sure. it's, it's information for life. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I was thinking as we were um, going off track for the fourth time of the day, uh, there was a there was another piece of Mizzou football bullshit to talk about today, um, which was is not a big shocker, but it was Terry Beckner Jr. who had Mizzou. I think the last time we recorded, Mizzou had said they were going to clear him for academics, sure. but the NCAA said uh, they were going to give him their official NCAA blessing. Yeah, I got a kind of an inside track on this one. He Do went to know? the NCAA uh, and uh, he went into the room, flexed his biceps, mm-hmm. and they said, Christ, on the cross. And You've got said, to play football. They rubber-stamped it. Yeah. Well, is, is there <laughs> – I didn't realize it was the uh, GPA versus bicep uh, ratio. <laughs> well, uh, 
that young man uh, impressed a lot of people in that room. God Almighty, uh, Brian, you weren't around. I I can't remember uh, what kept you away. I, well, Brian's taking a lover. He's taking a lover, and it keeps oh, him. Oh, that's away. right. I'd forgotten. <laughs> but we talked a little bit about Marcus Lau being dismissed the last time we got together. He really needs a shower. You can smell the sex on him <laughs> yeah, from his lover. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that you know. People were well. When we talked to Booger McFarland, uh, he thought they were going to step right in and fill in the gap from uh, Golden Ray and with Marcus Loud being dismissed. Yeah. God only knows what the D line is going to look like this year. They'll be fine. I don't think the D line is our worries. I really, I mean, the, the, what I worry about the D line is not um, depth, so to speak, because we lost a player. It's really having enough beef up the middle to deal with the Nick Chubbs of the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we have a defense predicated on speed. It's great. But you worry about when you hit a team like Georgia who's going to try to jam it up your ass with a mm-hmm. big five-star beast like Nick Chubb, are we going to have the beef in the middle to, to slow him down? Well, I've got confidence in our linebacking core this year. If they're nothing else, they've got a little uh, experience under their belt. I hope so. I hope so. I think our linebacking core is, truthfully, I think they're mediocre. Mm-hmm. I think a stout defensive line eats up the offensive line. You know, the, When you have to commit two offensive linemen to a good – uh, defensive line, their linebackers kind of get to roam around free. They don't get an offensive lineman coming to the second level and gobbling them up, yeah. and that can make a you know that can make a linebacking core look really good. I well, think if you had a Weatherspoon caliber linebacker with yeah. our defensive line, it would be phenomenal. I think Shearer and Brothers are probably just just okay. That's not a bad thing. That's that's not a knock on them. I just don't think they're they're not huge, awesome athletes. Well, that that's the thing about. Even the offensive line or defensive line, right? They make everybody else look good. You know, if you have a good offensive line, you can make an average running back sure. the mm-hmm. sure. Heisman candidate. Sure. You know, or a quarterback look amazing because he just can sit back to all yeah, the Cowboys in the NFL. I mean, they got a huge mm-hmm. offensive line. They just let DeMarco Murray walk because they kind of, I mean, pretty much their attitude was is we'll bring in anybody up. behind this yeah. diff- offensive line is going mm-hmm. to fucking dominate. But I think the same thing happens on the defensive side. You know, they they do uh, the defensive line puts so much pressure on the quarterback. You make your corners look a lot better. You know, which we've never had just stellar lockdown. You know, Revis Island type corners. We've had some pretty decent ones. I but, think there's a potential for that more than the linebacking core this year with Dennis and uh, oh gosh. Anyway, yeah, but again, again, I think that's that's more of a byproduct of just having a good defensive line, sure. whereas the linebackers get a little bit more exposed. It's a chicken or the egg situation. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, yeah. Well, another component to are, this: Are we getting to the quarterback because the cornerbacks are covering so well? Are we? Are the cornerbacks? Are the cornerbacks look like they're covering so well because the quarterback has no time to throw because exactly. the defensive line is so good? Yeah. The, the you know Missouri last year, and I'd said the year before. It's hard to say anything other than the fact that the defensive ends were putting so much pressure on the quarterback that it helped the cornerbacks out. Sure. But another factor we haven't talked about this year is we're going to have an entirely new defensive scheme. And we got Barry Odom as new the new defensive coordinator. He's changing the scheme completely? Well, I mean, I don't know how completely he's going to change it, but he's going to be bringing his own spin to it, you know. And yeah. so, I, the only reason I say that is because everything with Pinkle seems to, even when coaches change, everything seems to stay the same. Oh no, I, no doubt. In fact, there's a lot of programs; the entire coaching staffs change over, and they're just they they stick. Plug We're a three four team, you know. Play. And sure. the, yeah, exactly. And, but but I'm just saying with with um, Barry Odom bring, bringing in his own playbook and everything like that, and a whole new cast of characters. Who knows what? Yeah. Who and the key factors are? Ev- going to be. Every coach has their their own little preference, right? So they'll, they'll play a three four, but 
you know, they'll blitz more often than the other one did. Pinkles or, preferences blondes. Or yeah. <laughs> well, we we know that. <laughs> young blondes, I'm pretty sure. If she's I not as young as you'd hope. <laughs> but anyway, we're getting off topic brunette. again. I thought it was a brunette anyway. Either way, she's way too old for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, uh, before we go into our first break of the day, uh, there was one last football topic I wanted to talk to you about. I saw on Twitter again. The Lindy Sports Annual uh, magazine had come out, and they were doing a little um, coaches talk on the SEC and everything around it. And, and let me read to you what they wrote about the SEC East. It is an indictment on the entire East when Missouri wins the East two years in a row, then gets destroyed by Auburn and Alabama in the SEC championship game. Georgia screwed it up last year by losing to Florida, which Georgia is prone to do. Missouri is definitely not the most talented team in the East. It's time for Georgia and Florida and Tennessee and South Carolina to restore order in the East. Well, there's one part of that that I don't disagree with, and that is that we are not the most talented team. I think we're one of the better coach teams, and that is what ultimately prevails. There's a number of things I disagree with this um, bullshit. That's the only part I agree with. Right. Yeah, sure, sure. I'm just skipping ahead. One of the things I would like to disagree with, while we did get destroyed by Alabama we last year. We did not year, get destroyed by Alabama. Or, nope. I mean, not Alabama, but Auburn. Yeah, anybody who watched that Auburn game knew it was, it was absolutely game. back and forth, and we, we, we fell Tell apart me, a little bit. That's your typical shoot from the hip horse shit you'll get from most of the, the old school SEC Well, fans. it just goes to show we're not done with it. You know, no, this, no, this, no, this no. whole Missouri, who is Missouri bullshit is still going to be around. Yeah. Especially from the national media. Maybe the SEC media is going to give us a little more respect, but certainly the national media is not going to give a shit. And I don't like this whole idea of let's restore order to the East. There is no, like, nobody's granted, oh, Tennessee shall have the title. Florida well, a, deserves the title. Even before Missouri was around, what is the order? I don't remember any team in the East being so dominant that no other team had a chance to win. No. What is the order? What well, is the natural order? Shit. Florida and Georgia back in the day, I think that's probably what they're referring, referring but to. I think it's been a long, long time since that's been the case. Go ahead and cue up the old go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'd like to say to whoever wrote this, go fuck yourself. Fuck yourself. There you go. I agree 100%. Yeah, so, um, but but it just goes to show Missouri does have, uh, as always, has stuff to prove, but we play better and, that way. And forever. I think I think Missouri could win a national championship, could win the SEC title, win a national championship, and the next year they'd be saying, well, yeah, but, you know, Florida, Georgia. Sure. And Somebody shit the bed to get them there. You're always going to have that. And there's some truth to that. I mean, let's let's be honest, right? Florida has been down mm-hmm. the sure. past couple of years, and Mizzou's been just capitalized on it. Mizzou's well, I think steady somebody's pressure. got to. Well, you know yeah. the thing is, I, I feel like these people are like, what is Mizzou supposed to do? Not play the games and win them just right. because everybody's down? It's like somebody's <laughs> got to win the East. Why can't it be Mizzou? Yeah. yeah, and it's almost like, how dare they do it? Yeah, yeah. how dare yeah. they? If anybody's going to suck and win, it needs to be you know yeah. according to these. Old people, the old guard, right? The the Georgias mm-hmm. and the South Carolinas, the old ball coach. Well, we all know the South doesn't like things to change. Well, especially if it's a northern thing. <laughs> yeah, Yankees. We're, and it's Which, interesting that we are considered the up north Yankees, right? Yeah, no doubt. Given the our proximity to the Mason Dixon line, yeah, yeah. The, the intellectual snobs of Missouri. Mm-hmm. Yes. Listen, there's a plenty of "Don't tread on me" bumper stickers in Missouri too, fellas. <laughs> Don't worry. Bumper <laughs> stickers mean full on flags flying from the top of their truck. Oh, no, I know the whole rebel. Flag. It usually goes with a truck nut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> classic, classic. There is there's one more ranking that I would just like to bring up. Um, mm-hmm. I saw this the other day. SB Nation, I think, put it out, or somebody put right. it out. That I think I know where you're going with this. Brian. That um, of all of the you know FBS schools, all of them, Mizzou is ranked number two in the nation. In the nation, 
for proximity to Chipotle's. <laughs> That's right. And that could a, be a factor for offensive linemen. As a, <laughs> as a, <laughs> That's our top uh, As an enormous Chipotle fan, I am very proud of that fact. Mm-hmm. And a little little clarification. San Diego State, which beat us out, has a Chipotle on campus. Right. So it's a little bit of like Well, if you, me and Brendan, have eaten for lunch many times at the Chipotle, which is just off campus. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, you it could is. throw a rock and hit it's it. It's across um, the street. It yeah. is J school. Point right. zero zero three miles, exactly. according to this official ranking. I, I studied it deeply, Brian, and I saw that those top ten, the proximity comes within hundreds of a mile <laughs> yeah. because it's a tight race. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of SEC schools. Interesting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's weird. South Dakota State is not ranked highly. <laughs> I, I wonder what the uh, obesity rates, if you match them hmm. up. <laughs> for proximity. I don't feel like Chipotle is going to be contributing too much to the obesity rate, you, at least as opposed to like so. a McDonald's. <laughs> you can cherry pick at Chipotle. You can at least you know get yourself a bowl. Let's go into the Chipotle menu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, let's they, spend they 10 a, minutes on that. They have a secret menu, don't they? Do they really? I, I feel like I read that somewhere. Like an In-N-Out burger kind of thing? Yeah, I think it's like a you can go and order things that are not up there on the menu. and Like a pizza? Gefilte fish lock. <laughs> I don't know if it's quite that in depth. <laughs> I mean, maybe related it's marketing things. to a certain group. <laughs> I, my big problem with Chipotle is I don't know what the salsas are called. <laughs> well, my big problem is nobody knows how to say the name. Chipotle? Oh, Chipotle? I struggle with Ch- it. Potal, chipotle, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, all I know is the way I pronounce it is wrong. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That's why I just go to Moe's. It's good marketing. This is hard hitting stuff, guys. But I'm, yeah, really proud. I mean, I'm, glad to, I'm glad to be part of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mizzou's, you know, pulling through. Number two things. in the country. We're number two. We're that's number right. two. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Suck it, everybody. Thanks for else. bringing that up, Brian. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Let's take a break because we got something really important when we come back. Sure. And uh, there was a story on ESPN, and it has nothing to do with football, but it does have something to do with Mizzou. And it was. Uh, I feel oh, like in the offseason, Britain, we become more of a Mizzou podcast than a Mizzou football podcast, just by necessity. Almost. Yeah, and we have covered a lot of outside sports. And if you guys like that, uh, well, don't get used to it because as soon as football rolls around, <laughs> uh, fuck it. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Volleyball doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, that's but right. I, I really don't care about these sports when <laughs> we don't have anything else to talk about. We don't. But it, but this softball story is top notch. Yeah, and yeah. It, because it involves if you haven't a, heard it, you're about to. <laughs> because it involves a petty dispute between the Missouri and the Missouri State football or softball coaches. So we're going to take our first break, and then we're going to come back with, with a, Missouri softball with a little hard hitting Missouri softball. With what you guys man. have been begging for. <laughs> so anyway, uh, enjoy that when we get back. This is the Mazadcast. throw that used cell phone away sell it to midmo ifix midmo ifix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty so if you lost your phone overboard the screen's cracked or the phone's broken stop into midmo ifix and see kevin and if you have no use for that old phone turn it into cash midmo ifix located next to emo's pizza on osage beach parkway 573-694-8795 midmo ifix phones fixed fast And we're back, and as we mentioned before, we're going to talk a little bit about a story that broke on ESPN this week. Uh, it was a story about uh, Missouri getting into a little spat. The Missouri softball team and Aaron Earlywine, who's been one of the more successful coaches in the Mizzou uh, athletic world, um, he had a little trouble with Missouri State. Uh, they they uh, played each other this year. Uh, Missouri beat Missouri State, and then apparently 
something didn't sit well with the Missouri State folks. So uh, rather than just read you the story, we thought we'd uh, we would get pulled the transcripts from the emails, the email exchanges between uh, our Missouri team, which started out as just a normal little email string from our um, uh, our operations person, and and then spiraled into an argument between the two head coaches. So. Instead of, like I said, instead of just reading that to you, we're going to have a little... That's not how Mazzotcast rolls. No. We're going to have a little masterpiece theater. We don't read. (laughs) No. And so we are going to, um, we're going to do a little... We're going to take you there. We're going to take you there live with a little masterpiece theater. Theater of the mind. All right. Holly, after looking at the radar, we don't think it's going to be worth our time or money to risk coming down tomorrow for one game. It's going to be wet regardless and freezing. Our staff doesn't see this being a good option for either team. I was comparing schedules and wanted to know if you would be willing to play us on April 21st or 23rd at your place. We have a Saturday-Monday series, and it looks like you don't play anyone until the 25th, giving that us a day off in between games. Please let me know what you think about this at your earliest convenience. Spot on. <laughs> Spot on. Go Thanks, on. Lisa. <laughs> yes, it's definitely a wet, cold, and rainy day here. Let me check our schedule <laughs> this morning, and I'll get back to you. Good morning. Thank you for getting back to me. I'll look at the email when we can and see if we can reschedule. We have a conference game with Wichita State on Wednesday, the week you are referring. Tuesday is out for sure, but Thursday may be possible. Let me do some more research. Awesome. Thank you. Thursday would be best for us as well. So a single game on the date with a 5 p.m. start... Thursday the 23rd, does that work? Are we still good for April 23rd? Yes, single game, 5 p.m. start. Hey, would you guys want to schedule a 2016 single game March 9th or March 23rd? Do either of those days work for you? We would like to do a 5 p.m. start time again. Good luck on the rest of your season, and I look forward to hearing back from you. Thanks. Hi, Lisa. My staff and I have discussed whether or not to continue the series with Missouri in the future and have decided not to, based on the following. Aaron was overheard saying to his team, after our game this year, they should have run ruled us because there was no better than a 5A high school team This total disrespect of our program and our players is unacceptable. Two, it is widely known that Aaron consistently disregards NCAA recruiting rules. In our view, winning only has meaning if it is done fairly and within the rules. While at Killian Stadium in April, your team spit sunflower seeds in our dugout and the turf despite signs saying, No sunflower seeds. And again, a sign of total disrespect for rules, our program, and our facility. While we think it is important, series, 
and one we would like to continue the lack of mutual respect makes it impossible for us to do. Coach, would you like me to respond to this, or do you want to handle it? Oh, I got this one. <sighs> wow, are you serious, Holly? Big accusations about my character and no clue what you're talking about. This isn't really about my character, though. It's about yours, or lack thereof. The truth of the matter is, you're scared to get your ass whipped again, yet again, by old Mizzou. Have the courage to say what really is and quit hiding behind your phony excuses. You've been ducking us for a while now, and you know it. Pull your tail out from between your legs and learn how to compete. I'll bet your players see right through you like I do. Why don't you just do the right thing and show these impressionable young ladies how to face a challenge instead of running from one? If or when you decide to be a big girl, you know how to get a hold of me. In the meantime, if you need tips on how to compete against MU, ask Coach Gutton. P.S. This current arrangement's actually good for my team because even when we trounce you, our RPI drops. Last time I checked, you were at 118. I have to give you credit, though. You've been able to keep your job despite being total horseshit for so long. Hats off. So, <laughs> I think we nailed that. <laughs> I do too. I'm really impressed I feel like with we our captured acting. Captured the the emotion. The interesting thing for me was we read it verbatim, <laughs> word for word. None of that was um, editorialized. <laughs> editorialized. No. The one thing that um, I can't uh, help feeling that uh, Springfield's coach immediately went to her Subaru Outback and cried after <laughs> reading that email. <laughs> the, the couple of things that got to me. One. Um, I feel bad for poor old Lisa. Um, she was just trying to schedule some <laughs> games. In the middle of all this. Indeed. Yeah, no the other thing is Coach Gutton is the uh, baseball coach for Mizzou, and that was kind of a backhanded slap <laughs> yeah. at Tim Jameson and his team that got, got beat twice by Missouri State. Um, but uh, anyway, it's it's so good to see um, really nice, petty grievances like sunflower seeds spittle yeah. getting in the way of uh, I'll tell progress. You what, the softball coach for Mizzou, I have a f- profound new respect for him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was good stuff. Yeah, indeed. I like how he just went straight to uh, screaming, calling her horse shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right for the jugular. Yeah. There was none of that, well, like, nice I don't know where this is coming from. The, at, the thing that, that's crazy to me is, like, at, I, is softball somehow different than every other sport? Because I feel like it's pretty par for the course to be like, oh, that team was a piece of shit that we just played, or, you know... Like, like that stuff happens all the time. People badmouth each other all the time. And why did it take such a nasty be, turn so quickly? I, for I it to be a total disrespect to our program and our players by saying, like, eh, you're about of the high school it's like team. We're like, having a cordial discussion I, about scheduling the game, and then suddenly I realized you guys split sunflower seeds on my field? What the <laughs> fuck happened? Where did and, this take a turn? And what in the world kind of place are we dealing with where you can't chew and spit sunflower seeds at a baseball or softball event? I feel like that's key to yeah. playing a uh, ball and bat sport is to chew on and then spit Especially when the alternative is skull. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what do you want? Do you want us to spit skull or do you want to spit yeah. sunflower seeds? I'm pretty sure Total in the SEC, it's actually a requirement. Like, yeah. 
mm-hmm. will get thrown out of the game if you don't have sunflower seeds in your back pocket. Sure. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I uh, have to admit I don't pay any fucking attention to softball. Even though we're good at softball, I don't pay any attention to it. Um, but I do assume that we've been beating uh, Missouri State handily at it and that maybe early wine is right. Maybe they are trying to look for excuses not to play us in the well, future. I'd like to congratulate all of us because I think that was flawless. <laughs> yeah, our acting skills are superb. Having not met any of these three people, I feel like we were spot on. Yeah, I think we captured the essence mm-hmm. is what you're trying Absolutely. to say. Yeah. Oscar-worthy performance. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. That, the ESPN, I guess, sunshine logged those emails, and uh, hats off to them for finding this little <laughs> yeah. nugget of joy hats in the middle of Hats off to the sunshine law. <laughs> Indeed. I but, can't help think that Missouri softball coach secretly is like fucking A. You know, like, yeah, like I'm so yeah, glad this came yeah. out. Both coaches uh, released apologies after this came out, but I, yeah, I agree. I don't think yeah. he really. Missouri's coach was, I apologize for being being so fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> being come, so hardcore. Come play for me. <laughs> yeah, because you know, look, we actually win apparently. Yeah, and and I mean the Missouri State coach. I mean it. It does sound a little sour grapes. Sour grapes. Yeah. Sure yeah. Oh, it totally is. It, yeah. it absolutely is the. Again, I just I keep going back to like, have you never been insulted? Have you never been compared to like a team that's slightly below you ever before? Because that's just a like that you know, Colin's kid playing someone else is like, oh, you should have been playing that in kindergarten because you guys were terrible. You know, like it, it's at every level, and for that to be like, we're not going to schedule a game with you because you're disrespectful. Great story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree, I, but. Uh, you know, it, it makes me think about baseball because of his mention of Coach Gutton because um, Missouri did lose to Missouri State in baseball. But another piece of a little nugget of news this week was that uh, Missouri's baseball coach, against all odds, was retained by athletic director uh, Mac Rhodes. He signed a new three-year contract with Missouri. He will be going into his 22nd season with the baseball team. With a new three-year contract and a head full steam. So. I'm really kind of surprised by this. I figured Mac Rhodes would want to make his mark on something right away. It's obviously not going to be football. It's obviously not going to be basketball. Here was an opportunity for him to hire his first coach and kind of pee on the tree. Kind yeah, of. yeah, exactly. Take a big steamy piss right on uh, the Mizzou tree, and uh, he didn't do it. He signed him back up. I don't think you're alone in uh, being surprised by it. And, and, I mean, yeah. I was reading in the paper, our good friend, uh, friend of the show, Joe Wall Jasper, wrote an article in the Tribune a couple weeks ago about how he made a case for um, re-signing Jameson. And honestly, um, I usually uh, agree with everything Wall Jasper writes, but I disagreed with the notion of it because basically what he was saying was that Jameson was a good deal. His return on investment was good because he was one of the lowest paid coaches in the SEC, and the return on what we're getting for what we're paying was good, a middling program from a less-than-middling paycheck. But that's not what you're going for. You well, want to win games. Well, that's you my – if you're – when you're in, uh, talking about Division One college sports, I feel like money really shouldn't be that big a deal. No. And- I, I don't mean that – you know, you should throw money around, but Jesus, I mean, one of the, my biggest gripes with Mizzou's athletic department is that, um, you know, they hired Coach Pinkle, which was a great decision, but I don't think they knew what they were doing when they did it. But, you know, they every time we need a basketball coach, they seem to take the inexpensive route. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. do you guys want to be a big-time program? Because by all accounts, by every statement you ever make, you do. But when it comes to hiring a coach, you want to somehow get a steal, pennies on the, pennies on the dollar or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just like... Open the fucking wallet and pay somebody. Because if you want a top coach, you got to pay for a top coach. Instead, we get Kim Anderson. And nothing is Kim Anderson. I root for Kim Anderson. I want him to succeed because he's a Mizzou boy. But Kim Anderson was not the 
the the flashy hire. He certainly wasn't the most expensive or the or the the big name hire. Yeah, although I, I mean, I will say that in the non revenue generating sports, you know, you you can think you kind of got to pick your battles of you know, we've got a great wrestling program. You're going to pay that coach. You know, we've got a pretty good volleyball program. You're going to pay those coaches. I agree, so Brian. So I think they're just picking their battles. And the SEC and baseball, I mean, it might be more difficult for a, a new team like Mizzou coming in the SEC to win in football than in baseball SEC. I mean, that's how good the SEC is in baseball. It's uh, it's a tough, tough sport to win in. Well, so. but that's why I kind of felt like maybe Mac Rhodes would, would take on a new coach because that would maybe be like – this could be his legacy. You know, it was the first decision he made, and then he dumped some more money into the baseball program, and then maybe Missouri gets better, gets in the top half of the conference. Um, he did say that he was going to invest more, at least a six-figure increase in the baseball budget. None of that was going to be coming from Jamison's salary, which stayed static as what it was for his new contract. I don't necessarily disagree. I just feel like Mizzou doesn't lack for funds. No team at Mizzou's level lacks for funds. Now they're in the SEC. There's more money than ever. I just – there's no reason to pinch pennies. Mm-hmm. I mean what are we doing here if, we're not, if it's not to spend money and, and, uh, and uh, hire the best coaches and put on the best product on the field that we can? And yeah, I, try to win, win yeah, I mean, championships. I, I feel like there's a you – know, I don't want to be uh, happy with mediocre. That's, that was my argument against Walt Jasper's article was that, it, that while winning more games than you're paying out budget-wise is – good i guess ultimately you want all of your programs to compete for a championship and missouri baseball has not been in a position if, be it by the coach or the budget for the stadium or anything else we're not in a position to if ever i thought there. the athletic department was strapped for cash i would understand that sort of argument but mm-hmm. i don't i think they really they can open the checkbook and nearly write any amount they want mm-hmm. and they just choose not to which to me is just have you guys read about short-sighted. the uh the TSF program, the Tiger Scholarship Fund, has revamped their uh, fundraising mm-hmm. program so that uh, you know the points that they issued to – this is mostly regarding football. Um, it, it's completely restructured it so that the focus will be on donations that recently rather than past years of support or loyalty, yeah. which, of course, is obviously going to ruffle feathers of old-timers. But they're taking the risk that recent success will bring in new blood and new money yeah. and, uh, and, and probably – more of a sort of a fundraising strategy that is more in line with what other SEC programs are doing. Um, so, I mean, who knows what that... Well, there's one thing I'll say is. for Mizzou moving the SEC and the, the attitude of the university in general is that um, they are looking down the road. I mean, they're trying to do things the right way, and I think that was part of the reason I was glad they left the Big 12 because the Big 12 was the most reactionary... Um, you just run such so shittily. Missouri not only is uh, good to be rid of them, it, they're they're starting to do things in a manner that is more accustomed to what uh, the most successful programs in college sports do, and not you know sitting on their thumbs waiting for somebody, you know, hoping that something good happens rather than you know making it happen. Right. True, true. Although uh, you know the the flip side of that is what you've seen at Tennessee, where Tennessee's athletic department went bankrupt or practically bankrupt after they did all these massive renovations because they were projecting out continued success and their football team fell off. And as soon as that happened, you know, none of the other sports are bringing in big money for them, a lot like Mizzou. And so, I mean, there, there are cautionary tales as well in this. And, you know, with, with Tim Jamison, you know, he's had success in the past. And I think that's 
probably what saved his job. Not necessarily the last couple of years in the SEC, but the he won a Big Twelve championship. You we know, made just, a couple super regionals. He never made the World Series. Well, I think right. World Series. I think they always question the, the the main question always when you're talking about replacing coaches is if not him, then who? Right. And I think more than anything, it's like who are you going to get that's not Tim Jamison to come take the mm-hmm. job? That's true. And yeah. I think that's the the big thing with if there's an argument to my argument for hiring someone like Cam Anderson for pennies is that, well, sure, there's bigger names out there, but can Mizzou draw them in? And I would say probably not based on the – Not with what we've been paying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, let's get away from softball, baseball news because that's not what we're about. Um, let's get something that is our wheelhouse, so to speak. Let's see what's happening to the west of us in Kansas, guys. <laughs> let's check in on some Kansas news. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine. Sunflowers, sons of bitches. Fuck So our first story comes to us from the Wichita Eagle, fellas. It's a, it's a Governor Brownback has issued disaster declarations for 44 Kansas counties. So this story comes from uh, the Topeka capital as damage continues to mount from flooding in the northeast, southeast, and south-central Kansas. So all of Kansas. Most of Kansas. <laughs> Governor Brown back on Friday issued a disaster declaration declaring 44 of the state's 105 counties in a disaster mode. Brownback signed the declaration after meeting with the National Guard adjunct general and issued a personal appeal to Kansans to be prepared as low-lying areas, otherwise known as all of Kansas, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, are flooding, and the risk uh, was expected to worsen with additional rainfall over the weekend. We're in a flood stage in multiple sets of reservoirs now, particularly in southeast Kansas, and we continue to get rain. We're doing the right things we need to do, and we'll continue to. But I'm asking people if they would just take the extra caution, not get caught in some of these flood waters. <laughs> well, I think this is partly Governor Brownback's fault, I feel like, because he spent so much time praying for queers to be struck with lightning bolts. And, you know, that he, Brownback's words, not yours. <laughs> no, exactly. No, listen, I'm a proponent he, of— uh, He got the storm of <laughs> gay <laughs> rights. I'm just saying that like, he spent so much time wasting time worried about homosexuals that he hasn't prayed to his precious God for— the rain to stop. I'm honestly a little surprised that he's issuing a declaration of emergency rather than just proclaiming the state build an ark. <laughs> well, I'm surprised more he's in line with that his gay values. marriage is the reason yeah. for these re- recent rash of floods. Well, there are plenty does, of folks in Kansas who I'm does sure Does Kansas do that even for. have enough money to, like, like, does it make a difference? Is it just being like, oh, it's a disaster area, like, nothing changed from two seconds ago, but... Now it's now it's officially a disaster. Yeah, what is the difference between a disaster-ridden Kansas and a regular healthy Kansas? So in addition to the flooding, guys, the state has also taken damage from tornadoes, wind, hail, lightning, and that have accompanied storms in the past few weeks. So it does this God they love like so God much. is striking them down. Yeah. This God they love so much doesn't seem to like Kansas much. <laughs> Plagues. So he said recorded damage at this point has been slightly less than $4.2 million. Kansas needs to document statewide uh, this uh, loss to qualify for federal relief. What we don't know is what the cascading effect is in terms of additional rainfall and impact on the infrastructure. What we've proposed is that we do a declaration and then work with FEMA to extend over 30 days uh, the funding. And if they approve it, we'll give the ability to do the assessments and work on those counties. He said the northeast border counties and the swath of the southeast area of the state have been seen the most damage, including a large sinkhole that opened up in Marion County overnight. Good God. <laughs> I think that's just the earth swallowing up Kansas. Yeah. I welcome it. <laughs> Absolutely. It is the only topographical change in the state. The sinkhole <laughs> is the only thing keeping the flat wasteland from looking the same. 
Given uh, that three reservoirs on the Verdigris River, which flows into Oklahoma, are full, we expect the Corps of Engineers to only slowly release water from the reservoirs. As a result, the flooding in our state parks could persist for several weeks. Kansas so, has state parks? I guess, I, don't, I guess it's just Prairie Dog State Park. I, I don't know. <laughs> I Meth say, Lab which, State Park. Is it just any area outside of a city is considered, is considered the state park? Like. Possibly. 98, 99.9% of the state is not city. So that's, yeah. that's pretty much all of it. I assume that's how Kansas is operated. I don't know. Well, ordinarily, I would wish any state under these conditions to the best, but um, I root God on in his continued quest to eradicate Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I've been praying for. Mm-hmm. So this next story, uh, which, let's see, comes to us uh, from the Lawrence Journal World, is more in line with a typical uh, Kansas news story. It is titled, Topeka Man, age 36, accused of pistol-whipping girlfriend. <laughs> Did we read this last time? No, well, that was a different pistol-whipping. <laughs> a Topeka Man was arrested Wednesday night after he struck his girlfriend, also of Topeka, in the back of the head with a pistol. Around 8.15, police were notified of a woman reportedly assaulted by her boyfriend in her vehicle in Lawrence, or in Topeka. The couple had been arguing, Boldman, uh, uh, the police chief said, but he could not specify what the argument was about. Shortly after receiving the call, officers found the victim, age 34, with an injury to the head. She was taken by ambulance to the Lawrence Memorial Hospital with injuries that did not appear life-threatening. The suspect, Brennan, yeah. Question. Gotcha. There are so many pistol whippings mm-hmm. in Kansas. Yeah. How does the newspaper decide which one is newsworthy? That's a good point. I assume, <laughs> yeah, I assume the ones that actually make it to the hospital are the ones that get reported. Yeah, say this is the second one in as many weeks. That we, stories we've had about if we're low on news, we just pull, just Google search pistol weapons, and <laughs> yeah. I think Kansas will show right up. I'm pretty sure in a previous show we had the similar topic of how does the news decide, you know, which of, and I don't remember if it was a shooting or something or another. You know, they put in the newspaper and. It's becoming a reoccurring theme. So listen to this, fellas. The suspect vehicle, a 2000 Dodge SUV, was found around A45 near the Kansas Turnpike, not far from a Holiday Inn. We made contact with the vehicle. He did not respond, and we believed him to be armed inside the vehicle. Officers then waited for protective bunkers to arrive on the scene before approaching the SUV. When the tactical equipment arrived, police were able to approach the car and take the suspect into custody and locate the pistol. Neither the suspect nor the officers were injured. Or the pistol. The The pistol was not damaged. The pistol actually has more rights than the human in in the state. Yeah, that's right. You know that it was protected. No word whether the pistol was loaded. So, (laughs) good Christ. Maybe they just can't afford bullets. (laughs) That's a good point, Brian. Yeah, there'd be more shootings if they could afford bullets. I guess it's the... uh, Is this a glass half full? (laughs) I guess the the constant poverty that inflicts Kansas as a result of Governor Brownback's leadership (laughs) Mm -hmm. is actually a good thing because they can't afford bullets. (laughs) It's possible. That might be the most brilliant anti-crime... That should have been his his platform for re-election. Maybe that's been his strategy all the time. No bullets. (laughs) He's he's slowly bankrupting the state in an effort to rid the state of bullets. I think we've, we've cracked the code, fellas. Let's see. Uh, another story from the Wichita Eagle. Uh, this time it says, um, from the sheriff's office, teen shooting case was accidental. Search for suspects has been called off. I want you to listen closely to this one because it's a very Kansas-like Kansas story. The Sedgwick County Sheriff's Office is no longer looking for suspects in a case of a shooting that injured a teen last week near Clearwater, Kansas. The incident was originally reported as a home invasion, but subsequent investigation led the office, the office to reclassify the case as an accidental shooting. 
the a 17 year old boy reported that someone had broken into his house. Um, he reported he was shot in the abdomen during a struggle with burglars. According to the release, he was originally taken to the hospital in critical condition, but has since been released. At the time, he provided authorities with descriptions of two burglars. Oh, this is going to be good. Authorities, in turn, asked the public to help solve the case. To help solve the case, the Sedwich County Sheriff's Office will work with the district's attorney to determine if further action will be taken in the case. What I'm getting at is that there were no burglars. The idiot shot himself <laughs> and reported to the police that he was attacked by. Burglars. And I wish they would have told us what his description of the burglars was, were because I, I know it would have been taking a nice racist turn for yep, us. I was thinking <laughs> the exact same thing, and I will, uh, I will take wild speculation on what this kid looks like, and it is a meth, it, meth addled white kid. I don't know. I think Jesse it might Pinkman be, uh, is what I'm, Jesse I'm imagining. From, from I'm thinking Breaking it might Bad. be a, a rich white kid because he could afford bullets. Yeah, that's true. He did have Touché, bullets, Brian. Touché. Let's just say he's Kansas rich. Let's I mean, just, he's not, he's his parents rich. make a tidy thirty-two thousand dollars a year. Relative, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a double wide trailer, not one of those <laughs> single wides. Yeah, yep. So um, that two thousand two Dodge Durango they're driving around says, "I've made it." Mm-hmm. We're going to keep an eye on this story, folks, because uh, I suspect there may be charges against this little shit soon. <laughs> <laughs> so this the last news story I have to you is a good one because it comes to us from a listener, uh, Sue Hummel. Uh, sent us a little news story from The Economist. Which, Thank you, uh, Sue. Yeah, we appreciate it. It is a little shocking. Wait, we have a listener? <laughs> right. Brian. It's shocking on two fronts. One, we have a listener. <laughs> two, a listener who reads The Economist, because I do feel like <laughs> it's, it's a, a little a, above our uh, demographic. Um, yeah, we it, were mostly shooting for inmates, I think, was our, was our key demographic. Yeah, reading in general is above what I expect of our listeners. Yeah, I figured uh, comic books and pornography were probably the, uh, mm-hmm. the main reading material. Mm-hmm. And Jack, mine. Jack Chick tracks from uh, <laughs> yeah. religious uh, flyers. <laughs> or just uh, Kansans who hate us and so they listen to us. To, I'll <laughs> take it. Missouri. I'll take it. <laughs> well, so the story, fellas, is about uh, what's known as Reservoir Rats. <laughs> Reservoir Rats. Um, it is about the Kansas um, chicken. It's about the Black Death, which I'm sure you can see is a natural on-road to Kansas news. Sure. Uh, between the year 1346 and 1353, the Black Death killed over a third of Europe's population. It took 150 years for the continent to recover. The disease was so devastating, it changed the social order as a scarcity of labor led to higher wages for the survivors, hastening the demise of feudalism. The plague was call- caused by a bacteria that lives in fleas. In Europe, those fleas lived mostly in black rats. It was thus a zoonotic illness, one usually carried by animals, but which infects people when given the chance. Since human beings have little evolutionary experience against such illnesses and therefore little resistance against them, they can be particularly dangerous. Trying to work out which animals are reservoirs for the disease that might infect humans is therefore an important job. Um, it's also a tricky one. There are a lot of animal species, a lot of unpleasant viruses and bacteria, and not enough zoologists and doctors to sort through them all. But Barbara Hahn of the Cary Institute for Ecosystem Studies and her colleagues think that they have a way to help with the labor shortage. They propose to apply artificial intelligence to the problem. They have used a form of AI called machine learning in the search of reservoir species. Machine learning lets computers study large sets of data and identify patterns and organizing principles. Dr. Hahn and her colleagues set their computers to the task of looking for rodents and searching the rules that describe which ones are likely to harbor and transmit zoonotic diseases. Zoologists recognize more than 2,200 species of rodents, and of these, 
217 are known reservoirs of pathogens. At least 79 carry more than one pathogen. So she and her colleagues have also been able to pinpoint areas of particular risk of harboring rodents. Large swaths of the world probably have at least one species, but the researchers found hot spots too. Here we're getting to the nuts and bolts of it. Where at least eight or nine potential threats may be lurking. One was in Central Asia, in modern Kazakhstan, and northern China, which has already been fingered by historians as a likely source of the Black Plague. A lot of fingering goes on in China. <laughs> Indeed. The other, though, was a surprise. It was the American state of Kansas. <laughs> Zoologists looking to make a name for themselves and to help stave off future epidemics may therefore want to make the prairies a destination of their rodent-studying field trips. So uh, essentially a third-world country, That's a right. massively overpopulated uh, human rights-violating piece-of-shit country, and Kansas. Uh, Kansas. They're quite about the same thing. A uh, population-destroying plague likely to come from the godforsaken state of you know, Kansas. I would have guessed prairie dogs, not rats. Thank you so much, Sue, for that, because it is important to know that it's not just the prairie dogs, but rats that could we share kill us all. People. See, what I, what I heard in that story, though, was that we have created Skynet, who's going <laughs> to create Terminators that carry the Black mm-hmm. Death. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to create Skynet in Kansas. That's a technological <laughs> barrier that they are not going to overcome. Let's be honest. Most of the ones that have Internet are still using AOL. So, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> You've, you've got mail. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, again, thank you, Sue, and thank you, Kansas, for being awful. It may be all quiet on the Mizzou football front, but it's never quiet in our friends to the West. On the yeah. Western front. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So uh, we're, with that, we're going to take our second break for the day, and we're going to be back and wrap up this big, bad summer show. So uh, anyway, thank you for joining us. This is the Mazzotcast. And we're back, and uh, we're just going to talk about a couple of things before we closed out the show, uh, one of which was we saw that the, the Columbia Daily Tribune had launched their, uh, their own sports podcast uh, a week ago. And uh, it was, the interesting thing, I guess, to us is that we launched our show, our podcast, about a year ago, a little almost a year ago. And uh, one of the things when we decided to do a podcast for you guys is that there wasn't anything in the world of, of Mizzou sports um, much in the podcast world. If we'd have done an NFL show, we would have got drowned out by the, the many, many other ESPN, CBS sports, those types of folks. But Mizzou, there was a little void now. And I can think of at least four podcasts, and counting ourselves, directly but, related yeah. to Mizzou now. The first person to fill that void. Mm-hmm. Was us? The Mazad cast. We slid cast. ourselves into that void. Mm-hmm. You want to be lubed, more descriptive about that? <laughs> we lubed ourselves up. Mm-hmm. We eased ourselves in, inch by inch, like a gentleman, mm-hmm. into that void, so softly, so mm-hmm. gently, yet firmly. <laughs> Do not go gentle into that good night. Mm. Yeah, and so, but anyway, it, it, while I'm happy to see others joining the fray, I'm excited that we were kind of there first. Yeah. And uh, we do fill a niche, I feel like. You never forget your first. <laughs> we, we did have the idea when we began this show that, it, that we would sort of be 
kind of like as HBO is to the cable world, where we're not restricted by the FCC rules. We could say what we wanted, just like fans do. Uh, you know, people at the Trib, they're probably restricted by um, a, a modicum of professionalism that yeah. we, we've yeah. never ascribed to. That. Being a professional just in general. What's Yeah, we've never worried about that. Yeah, it's not a factor. Um, uh, friends at Rock M Nation, they've also got a podcast at Rock M Radio. And I think uh, the DeArmond kid has, um, has Mike, got something. Mike DeArmond's Mike DeArmond's son, yeah. He's got some little thing, but I don't know if anybody listens to it. No one um, ever. But other than that, you know, nobody is going to bring you sort of unfiltered news as we do. No. And, uh, and so that's what we're here for, and that's why you should uh, but I will tell you this, not listen I, to anyone else. I will congratulate those other gentlemen. I'm, I welcome uh, them to this world. Mm-hmm. I will say that if any one of them starts doing Kansas news, I'll be pretty upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like we were definitely – we should copyright that stuff. I don't even see it as competition. We, we, you can listen to four different podcasts in a day. So uh, welcome to the freight. But they're all going to pretend like they're professionals, and we're not. Well, all joking aside, We're not going to pretend. Um, Joe Al Jasper has been very, very He gracious. was our first guest. Yeah, he's yeah. been very gracious to us. He uh, – he, uh, as opposed to most of those out there, he acknowledges that we exist. Not much more than that, but he does acknowledge. Well, and Bill Connolly and the Rock M Nation yeah, crew, sure they, they came on the show as sure. well. Those are nice guys. So um, there are others. But uh, anyway, so welcome to the fray. And uh, it's exciting because it, it, uh, the podcast world is expanding greatly, even in little old Columbia. Well, you know what? I feel like our podcast, their podcast, I think all of this stems from the move to the SEC. Mizzou has becoming a... Something worthwhile, something mm-hmm. worth a podcast. Something well, worth- also it stems from me going to Best Buy and getting a microphone. Well, it's true, but I'm, I feel like uh, Mizzou has started to become relevant. After a decade of, of uh, sustained success, mm-hmm. Mizzou has become relevant enough that people are interested enough that it's worth doing this. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's something you could say 15 years ago. Who would have fucking listened to this horseshit five, 15 years ago? I who listens to this horseshit now? <laughs> yeah, not very many people, I'm sure of that. <laughs> not anybody with any sense. There's another little piece of nugget of news I was going to mention uh, that happened over the weekend. It was just Shakespeare's closed its doors. Uh, that Shakespeare's is Pizza, a Columbia institution. Now, they're not going away for good. They're building a new apartment complex on the grounds of the old Shakespeare's, and Shakespeare's it has reopened about 87 feet to the west. At BBC Two. Yeah, otherwise known as the tin can, otherwise known as some Mexican joint. Mm-hmm. Um, that's as far back as I go. But uh, it is interesting because it's, it, it is sort of an icon of Columbia. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, it, it's, it's strange sad. to see it. It was empty. kind of the same with Shiloh's, though. The, mm-hmm. the guy who owns Shiloh's is not those kids wanted to open their own bar. So, what better place to do it than where Shiloh's was? So, they, because he owned, <laughs> owned the location, he kicked Shiloh's out and said, uh, hey, kids. Run your own bar. Yeah, and, and but much like Shiloh, hopefully Shakespeare's will much Flourish. Like, like a phoenix rise from the ashes. Sure. Yeah. And uh, and just what Columbia needs more apartments downtown. <laughs> sure. I'm not gonna fight. I mean, it's just silly to get into a uh, Columbia downtown city bullshit discussion mm-hmm. because nobody in Columbia even cares. But uh, you know, the more the merrier downtown. At least they're not seven thousand miles away in some farmland. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. But uh, Shakespeare's is not moving to Centralia, so yeah. we're all going to still get our Shakespeare's pizza. Thank God. And you still have the other two locations. Mm-hmm. But the good news for us, being the Mizzou football podcast, the by, only dedicated— By the way, did Shakespeare's pay us or anything? Because I feel like we've just given them We should talk about a sponsorship, of, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's a good point. I do feel like a gift card is coming our way. <laughs> Shakespeare's. Probably for like a free soda. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody knows anybody that uh, has anything to do with Shakespeare's, tell them— 
they owe us. I think we're good for one free refill. Yeah. We <laughs> have a fountain drink. <laughs> so um, the good news for us, though, as we're um, struggling through the summer months, is that we're under 100 days now, guys, to uh, kick off for the first game of the season. Mizzou football is going to be here eventually. Oh, just keep talking about it. I'm getting too messant. No, I'm going to stop talking about it. I don't need that. <laughs> so, but again, we mentioned we had a, a listener send us a, an email earlier. We had another review on iTunes this week. Uh, we, those really do help us. So if you do listen, if you're one of the seven people who listen to the show, sure, do us a favor. Go to iTunes and just send us a comment if it's a five-star comment. <laughs> if, if you don't like the show... Uh, keep that shit to yourself. Keep that shit to yourselves. But it, it helps us move up the rankings when you give us a um, a little listener review, and it uh, and it fills our giant egos as well. Sure. So yeah. and if you want a sticker, just ask. Yeah. yeah. Send it. Uh, send a request to mizodcast at gmail dot com or tweet us at mizodcast m i z z o d c a s t and let us know. We'd be happy to fulfill that request. We've had literally. Dozens, yeah. No, that's that's optimistic. <laughs> hey, yeah. we're, we're you know we mentioned earlier in the show we're great at void filling. So mm-hmm. indeed, if you have a void in your life for Mazodcast, we're really to fill it. <laughs> so uh, with that, I don't think there's anything else going on this dead zone month of June, is no, there, guys? No, not that I can think of. Let's close out this son of a bitch then. So uh, guys, we did it again. Nailed it. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. Yep. Killed it. When's the Oscars? Yeah, <laughs> Oscars. We're a year away. Huh, man. But it's good to see you, little shits, again and. Uh, Anyway, we'll we'll try to get you a show maybe before the season starts again. Hopefully, uh, if any sort of news appears, but uh, God only hope. No promises. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. This has been the Mazodcast. M I Z. C O U. Rock. Mizzou. Good stuff. <laughs> Good morning. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.